0: Well, kia ora Koto, and welcome to cast and we are recording today live at the Cloud in Auckland for the uh, Auckland Art Fair 2019. Um, we're upstairs in the mezzanine, if you can picture it, looking down on the busy stools, they're looking pretty packed out, out there. Um, we're right next to uh, the wonderful Mercy Pictures, Weasel Gallery uh, and PlayStation Gallery all up here, the new guns with us in the room and with me here uh, on the floor are uh, is uh, co-director of the Art Fair, Stephanie Post. Kia ora, Stephanie.
1: Hi, hi Mark. Uh,
0: critic and the curator of the projects, that, uh, independent projects that are part of the fair, um, Francis Mack Kia ora, Mark. And uh, one artist, I think, who doesn't have any a single item of work at the Art Fair, so is ideally placed to be an independent commentator, and that's Judy Darra. Kia ora. Hi,
2: howdy.
0: So why did you miss out this year, Judy? Oh.
2: <laughs> 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 I don't think I'm ever really in these fairs. Um, Look, my work's a bit on the cheaper side, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Not much money to be made out of it. Now,
0: I've got something for you, Judy. Megan Dunn told me that she was talking to Michael Lett last night, who told her that John Baldessari once said that an artist visiting an art fair is like watching your parents have sex.
2: That was Jerry um, Saltz, art critic. That was
0: Jerry Saltz?
2: Yeah, it's true. Um, well, is it true? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's true that he said it. <laughs> no, um, it a, he, was, it he was at the LA Art Fair, a uh, uh, freeze, and um, his response was, uh, art fairs are like watching collectors and dealers have sex in public.
0: <laughs> and do you think that that's an apt description as an artist?
2: Well, it, it's, you know, the art world is a microcosm, isn't it? And there's all different parts to it. And the market is a part of it, you know. And the market is a great way for artists to get money, you know, so they can sustain their practices, et cetera, et cetera. So I think art fairs, I guess, embody that it's highlighted, you know, that exchange of art and collector and dealer and money, et cetera, et cetera. I think, um, for me, the conversation isn't around the artist, it's always around the art and the value of the art and the selling and the buying. I think it's, you know, the conversation around how do artists sustain their practice, how do we keep making art, you know... uh, is also really interesting. So that kind of artist focus, I think, is really interesting and maybe not so apparent in these kinds of things, in the market, yeah.
0: Well, maybe we can come back to that a little bit. Stephanie, obviously the market is extremely important. Um, We don't have uh, really any contemporary surveys of New Zealand art at the moment in this country, no biennale, no triennale, whatever, in, in the country. So there's possibly a misconception that people might have that this is somehow a picture of our contemporary art scene but that, that wouldn't be necessarily true would it?
1: No it's not I mean an art fair is not fully curated. On the other hand it is a, um, a way of benchmarking what the dealers of the wider region think is interesting of the moment. We are um, we're, we're, look, we're a very different art fair to sort of talk about art fairs in this generalisation. They all have a structure of ex-galleries and a whole lot of people coming in and the idea of buying and selling, but actually talking with an Australian journalist yesterday, it became very apparent that different art fairs have different roles um, and that depends on what's happening outside of them.
0: Can you elaborate a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean I think this art fair, uh, the way we're looking at it is um, quite strategically, that. Five years ago, I don't think New Zealanders thought New Zealand artists were great. Internationals have been thinking New Zealand artists are great for a very long time. So this is about growing, um, changing a kind of public awareness about what artists here are doing. It's about the conversations that New Zealand artists have around our region. And that's why for us it's really important that it's not all Kiwi galleries, that there are new zealand galleries There are australian galleries there's a gallery from rarotonga there's one from china last year was one from japan there's one from indonesia one from chile one from where have i said rarotonga already but you know and it's the conversations that our artists have who live in the region you know with with the uh, around the region those are the kind of conversations um and by making this all very accessible you're bringing in a whole lot of people who can actually look at it and say Oh, it's great this morning we've got 150 year 11 12 and 13 school students yeah, in here yeah. being, yeah, sh- being yeah. shown around by yeah. university students either at elam or auckland reading art history um so you know they're selling their dream mm. of um tertiary education can be creative mm. to students who are studying art design or art history at a high level at school mm. you know that's that's, for me, really, really important. Now, of course, the dealers and the selling are here, but, you know, if the dealers, as I said to the dealers, we can get collectors into the house, but we can't make them spend the money. Mm. That's their job.
0: Francis, um, OK, you're, you're a critic as well yeah. as a curator here, so you got yes. slightly dual roles. But when you walk in here, do you think it reflects the New Zealand contemporary art scene? I'm just going to put it out like that.
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the challenges of an art fair environment is that inevitably there's a sort of an emphasis on what is... Able to be shown in a booth context, which means that there is a general tendency towards sort of object based art and usually of a slightly smaller scale. You'll see some big works, you know, some enormous canvases on display, but there's generally less in the way of installation based art slightly less in the way of video art. And that makes sense, given the context it's of the not even a lot fair. of
0: photography I noted this
3: no. year. No, I mean, some of that, some of that um, clearly is just the whim of the historical moment. You know, whatever yeah. dealers um, decide they feel is, is worth showing at a given moment. But it's not representative, and I don't think it ever realistically could be. It's not even desirable that it should be representative of everything that's going on. We do try, of course, this immediately makes me think of the project's to inject um, certain aspects that are outside the kind of usual booth um, structure into the fair with the project's programme, bringing in works that are installation-based. We've got some that are actually outside the cloud, you know, a big projection uh, in in Takutai, that's right, in Britomart, by Hickaloo Clark and Rainer Weston. And so, you know, we try and texture it, but um, no, I mean, I don't think it is representative, but it, it doesn't really need to be, provided that the rest of the ecology is robust and I know that one of the missions of the Art Fair is to contribute to shoring up the ecology overall and just to be one little shred of a much wider uh, network of exhibitions and practices You know,
2: I think Getting people and looking at art is a plus, eh? I mean, anything to get people to engage with art is is a win-win situation, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all about education and that conversation that you have when you walk around and you talk about art and you look and you're suspended in that moment of looking at art, that's really important. And that is kind of a, a a foot in, you know, so if all these people who come here, then maybe go to the public art galleries or then engage with the dealer galleries and then start reading about art and then exactly. you know it's only going to
1: expand the conversation foster that love absolutely i mean that you know that's it's a, it's a kind of a form of accessibility yeah. i think it was um, john gow on standing room only said mm. you know in a good week in two galleries and in, in central auckland 250 people would be great yes. five days we're looking at something in the region of ten we we'll yeah. go past his stand
3: we're lucky too the art fair's got great big bold orange signage blah, you know pronouncing, proclaiming art, 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 and directing people to the cloud. I remember last year, it's a story I've I've told probably too many times now, catching uh, an Uber, it would be a Zoomie now, I hasten to add, uh, to the cloud, and uh, the gentleman um, who, you know, telling me about his life story from China, and said, I'm really looking forward to coming down to see some of the Chinese artists and I thought how fantastic, mm. you know, here's an Uber driver. That's not to suggest that an Uber driver wouldn't otherwise be going anyway. Maybe they would, but I thought how fantastic to have this happenstance encounter. And he's sort of said, I don't really do much with art in Auckland. And I thought, well, maybe this will be the start of something for him, mm. and, and how g- many hundreds yeah. of others might. And have I that guess
2: too. this is kind of a non-threatening environment for people to mm. engage in art because often, you know dealer galleries can be intimidating or well, it's not only that
1: but often in a dealer gallery the dealer's not actually there it's <laughs> here they're tied to their stands <laughs> yeah. they can't go anywhere yeah, they, <laughs> they have to talk to us <laughs> yeah you know
2: and what? i'm really enjoying this space up here and seeing you know mercy and um, playstation and weasel you know these this is the next generation of dealers yes. and the kind of figuring out how they operate Absolutely. in this mm. ecosystem as well you know and
0: well, let's talk about the structure of your fair a little bit for the painting picture because there'll be a lot of people listening who haven't necessarily been. Mm. So, we've got, you know, you've got your standard stalls here, you've got some room you've made here for those emerging artist run spaces up here. Uh, there's the Samoa House Library doing a fantastic thing. But you've mm. got, uh, France is doing a, uh, a program, and as yep. uh, so we mentioned, some Chinese art. Maybe we could map that out.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, what we're looking at is, you know, the core of this of any art ER fair is of course the dealer galleries and their booths and getting the right people into them um, because quite frankly they pay for about 40 percent of the costs of the fair in that so that they are a primary client You said that the visitors are also a client for us and so we need to make sure that they have a really great time when they come here which doesn't necessarily mean just looking at work that they feel they should be buying but they perhaps can't afford to buy or whatever they need to have an amazing you know, I have a lot of things to experience here, um, which is why we have things like the art bookshop, mm. where which is showing we've got 140 titles. I think probably none of which you would find in a mainstream bookshop in any city in New Zealand. But they are all available maybe from a dealer gallery or a museum or whatever. But there's no one place, so we bring that together. Um, We, Victoria University, through Tina Barton, is for the first time this year doing a talks programme for three panel discussions on Thursday, Friday and Saturday at 3pm called The Future of Art. Um, That's another engagement, it's it's, let's think about art, let's talk about art. Um, The projects programme is probably one of the things over the three editions that Hayley White and I have done that I'm really proud of. Is, and France has been involved in them all and taken them to where they are now, but there are 10 newly commissioned works, most of whom are by artists who don't have gallery representation yet. Um, they're a very diverse bunch of artists, which is absolutely reflective of New Zealand and New Zealand artists, I think. Um, they're mostly very young and they're doing really, really interesting projects and some of them are selling. Mm. And they're making money that they certainly wouldn't be able to make um, if we didn't have an art fair. We'll have the free China import direct video and moving image um, works, nine Chinese artists showing work in a container outside of the cloud. That's free. You don't have to buy tickets to the art fair to sit and watch those for probably eight or nine hours on a trot if you want. Um, you know, this is all we have, you know, Daily Bread do the cafe. So it's a great day out. There's lots to see. Small House Library on Saturday and Sunday. The um, directors of, I think it's, well, I'll probably get it wrong now, I think it's Art Space, St. Paul Street, um, You know, some, various of those great small non-profit mm. public galleries are doing free guided tours of the fair. Uh, you know, they like the chance to meet the public Hmm. not as many of that public will go into art space yeah. or St Paul Street. So this isn't a moment for them to engage, but also a moment for the public to engage with them. And they know absolutely about art, not from a commercial standpoint, but they'll be going around talking about what's where and, hmm. and what they think and answering questions. That's the massive engagement that happens, yeah. and the schools programme, and we're doing children's workshops, and you know, there's this visitor kind of, you know, I guess in tourism terms, visitor experience, but in art terms, it's an art experience mm. that isn't all always about handing over cash.
0: The, the, the Chinese exhibition of moving images is quite interesting because it's uh, an open container, you go in, there are four screens. When mm. I went there last night, they are all playing the same video, they are. which I found quite quite mm. difficult. Some of the work is quite full on. But part of me is also kind of going for somebody who wanders in and has no knowledge of the arts at all. It's extremely accessible. Um, but part of me also wanted a program that, like, you know, that was easier for me to engage with the work. I don't know if anyone else has got any thoughts on that. I, I wonder
1: whether that program, and I don't mean to be rude here, Mark, but whether the 16-year-old would engage immediately with a far less access, you know, without, without requiring that. I certainly don't. I don't really understand what an online alternative avatar as a lifestyle means. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, this is a whole pile of stuff that's kind of a little bit beyond me, right. generationally. Um, but at the same time, they're visually incredibly engaging. And I think they stop art just being something that you hang on the wall or, or uh, plunk on the floor. Or you know, it's not, that's, kind of, that's one thing. It's not better or worse. It's just different. And I think there's, a real engage- there's an opportunity for a real engagement with that that says, actually,
2: you can make art in a lot of different ways mm. now. Mm. For me, um, I think back to that point I made at the beginning about the whole sort of artist focus, and here I am with a pile mm. of artistic license and uh, copyright, you know, and, and this kind of stuff that is really important to artists. And mm. and um, I'm going to go down and try and do a bit of work and with Caroline out. Stone and stuff, you know, yeah. to try and get dealers on board because there's a lot of resistance to this kind of stuff and royalties mm. and things. So mm. uh, for me, I think, um, you, I don't know how you talk to the public about how artists actually manage to survive, you know, mm. and, and this is, is part of it. But there's, like we were saying, there's whole lots of other different little ecosystems That's of how right. artists operate. And when you've got an environment at the moment where they're closing down fine arts libraries at universities mm. and the arts are sort of being banged around a bit, mm. um, you know, we kind of have to play it off as well. So we're hearing kind of both sides of the story in some way. Yeah. I mean, this is a very good, positive experience, Um, But I'm just wondering if there's other ways to kind of present some other home truths about what it really is to work as an artist in New Zealand and, you know, now with universities these students come out with huge debts, you know, they Mm. come out with 60 grand worth of debt after you've done an art school. There's no career path, there's no job Mm. being an artist, you know, you only, no one pays you to be an artist, no one pays me to be an artist. Mm. Everyone gets paid except the artist. So there's all these conversations we power artists? <laughs> that we need to have around, you know.
3: Mm. That's um, a, yeah, I mean, I think some of these questions are certainly coming up more mm. um, at the moment. I, it's sort of interesting to see, although, as you say, it's not always, it doesn't always have an artist's focus. Um, we've got a talk. I'm, I'm chairing a talk at Auckland Art Gallery fairly soon, which is about sort of living as an artist mm. and making a living as an artist. Mm. And um, I put a little, little Facebook notice up about that, just a sort of canvas for, for input basically mm, and potential speakers and was overwhelmed, mm. it was like an avalanche of mm, responses. Um, I've got a real, you know, list to, to make right. my way through. And also but, advocacy, um, you know, yeah, we've that's had right.
2: leadership and advocacy in the arts, you know, we had nine years of no leadership, no one talking about the visual arts, you know. and. Um, hopefully now with a new government which is you know clearly they will get to the arts community hopefully at some stage and we will be able to have some input into kind of what you know, things like artists in schools, um mm. artist doll, um, fee structures for artists. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot mm. of work to be done in terms of yeah. putting us on some kind of platform where we can have a bit of power. So are you
0: saying there's a role for the art fair in, in that, do you think as a platform that's got that connection with money, I guess?
2: Well it's a start. I mean, I don't know. It could be. I don't know. I mean, I think, I
1: think you know, I don't think we the Art speculative fair, here. I don't not, think you know. the Art Fair can solve every problem that the art world has. Mm. What we are doing is putting it out there that actually art is really interesting to a wider public than currently are engaged mm. in New Zealand with art. For me, art is not a microcosm. Art is a response to the contemporary world we live in mm. and that shouldn't be microcosmed into an art world that it's just it should it, you know I guess our ambition is to make art part of everyday life mm. um, for, for more and more and more people for everybody ultimately
3: do mm. um, I keep driving that engagement I mean it's that thing that mm, I find yeah. myself I feel like I quote unquote bang on about it a lot, that sort of thing of going, well let's just keep pushing it out there into the yeah, into the wider you know, world. And
1: this through the art fair, we're starting to get a sort of city a civic engagement with supporting the arts. Mm. AT are now engaged with us. You know AT spent additional money making destination videos with Nico Hinton and John Reynolds. Now it's not high art, no. But it's getting out there that actually artists and ordinary people who, who make things and they got paid to make those, mm. and they, um, and the, and they go to restaurants and they go to cafes, and they're not this elitist thing that you can't talk to. I mean, it's like, you know, it's the same as the whole of, um, you know, as Faisal Abdullah's project. It's, you know, people will talk to you as a barber, they won't talk to you as an artist. So, let's have a think yeah. through that one. It's, it, you know, let's engage. We can't solve every problem in the world for the art world. What we can do is engage
3: people. Although it's such as you mentioned the talk programme that Tina Barton has mm. curated earlier or has organised earlier. we we'll little bits And that has three key themes. It's yeah. got a sort of um, focus on the question of finance and it's got one on, you know, what's going on with art history.
2: Are mm-hmm. uh, we in
3: a kind of a crisis moment? Mm. So, I mean, you oh, know, I'm, I'm partial because I'm involved with the yeah. fair, but but I, but I see if I efforts that made. the arts are getting a hammering, you know,
2: we've had yeah. a bit of a hammering. Well, that's what
0: know. I'm hearing yeah. a lot of and yeah. Auckland, so it's an interesting environment. And I don't I'd also like to posit something here, which is interesting. I'd like the reflection. When I come into the fair, as I've been to a few, and I've been interested in going it is. Mm-hmm. um, it's quite, in some respects, conservative. And when I say that, not, I don't mean it in a bad way, but if I go to Gail Langsford, or I go to Michael Lett and I see Sarah Plick, Paul Dibble, Max Gimlet, wonderful artists, I could have seen those works 20 years ago. if, if this one was. And I see that a lot here in terms of... And I wonder, is... Well, are, you, you, are we w- working in a, a public... You, you I mean, picked, that's a reflection of the market, isn't it, no, Well
1: well, you, you picked probably the two two of the more established galleries in Auckland, mm. but you're not going to see any of the work that's at Leo Gallery in mm. New Zealand. You're not going to see what Michael is showing in New Zealand. Mm. You're not... I mean, I think um, the Vivian is showing some work. I mean, Patricia Piccinini mm. is not in an institutional collection here, but three She's one of
0: the most popular artists in the world. Yeah, though. and three mm. of
1: her huge pieces have sold yesterday Right. here into yeah. New Zealand collections. Mm. So, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff here that you don't... That you, you know, Yes, you can pick Gail Langsford and of Michaelette showing artists who are established and well-known here, but there's a whole lot of art down there that isn't oh, I'm, as I'm well. Ju-
0: I'm sure there isn't. I just wanted to ask the question as, as to whether this is a market or an environment at the moment where the dealers are feeling comfortable taking lots of risks, or... You know, is, is that what Well, certainly, or, or I
1: think the work that's on show this time is a step up in terms of ambition compared to the year before. Were you at the 2016 or 2018 first? I think I was at
0: 2016. Okay, yes. that was our first one. Yeah. It
1: was a short running. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, definitely, I think, you know, the dealers are much more ambitious about what they can show here. Mm. Than they were at that certainly at that fair, and I think even then last year.
3: I'm almost nervous to make a comment because you know how the dealers arrive at their choices and what it's, they put it's in. Yeah, it's not Stephanie much or yours or, or anyone yeah. else's choice. Well, I mean, it's um, about
2: selling art. This is uh, this is about selling art. You know, of course, everyone wants to cover their costs. They want to know, make. Uh,
1: many of the dealers will actually say to me, "I don't mind if uh, they would rather we spent our time getting the curators and the museum directors in here who they never see mm. normally." then they don't mind if they spend, we're not a very expensive fair to go to, but they don't mind spending that price on um, meeting the people that they want to meet and sh- I mean, letting, making sure those so, people see the so art. So I think that's a really see.
2: important aspect of this fair, this yeah, yeah, is that sense of conversations and bringing Completely. all these communities together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing all the dealers together, because you don't usually get a whole bunch of dealers in the same room at the same no. time. Mm-hmm. So there's that sort of collegial aspect,
3: mm-hmm. which
2: I think is really that's important, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and that yes. kind of gets us all working together, and that's where the artists need to be involved in that as well. well and
1: that's, you know, we welcome, we love having our artists mm-hmm. here. Yeah. We welcome them. That's where I kind of, I start to kind of get uncomfortable. You talk about how artists hate art fairs. There are some times they do and they could. Well, but they're
2: quite challenging for artists. No, 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 I understand <laughs> that.
1: And I'm sure exhibitions are also a little bit challenging. You know, I <laughs> you know, mean, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. I, you know there are, but, but on a Friday night at the art party, we love having, you know, we love having the artists around whenever, but we tr- try and make sure that, that Friday night they actually feel really comfortable. And that there's an engagement not just with the artists who are showing, but... People come along, and it's a, it's a kind of like an Auckland art night out yeah.
3: for for a moment. I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in in feeling a sort of um, ambiguity or ambivalence in so many things that I do. You know, I write something, and I think, oh, is that? accessible enough for the audience. Have I been too reductive? And you've got to hold both of those things mm. in your hand at once and go, I want to be generous to an audience that might not know a heck of a lot, but I also don't want to dumb down the work. Mm. Equally in the art fair context, it's a commercial space, you want to sell things, of course you have a bit of a cringe and go, oh, art as commodity. But also, you know, I find myself thinking criminally. I grew up in an artist household. My father's a painter. He's even got work in a He's fair here. this year. He's got lovely work here, yeah. Um, and you go, this is, this, this is going to be a useful funding thing. This will mm. buy him some canvases mm. and some yeah. paints. I and agree. lest, lest yeah. we forget, maybe a couple of those paintings will go into households that aren't necessarily of the great moneyed... You know, elite, Completely, but they could do. actually be everyday people who admittedly have enough coin to buy a canvas but they then get to live with the joy of that work and develop a relationship with, with it over years and every time I start to feel a little bit dark about the art fair and commodity and the great failings of, the, of the, you know, the market I think actually there are lots of houses where people are getting joy from something on their wall or in their, in their space. And there's lots of and artists think, who are paying their rent. Thank God for that. <laughs> Um, and and yeah, and great if somebody gets a little bit more paint or a little bit more whatever they might be working with.
2: But then the, the, then Cut, the argument cutting room is, why should time. artists be scraping around? You know, this whole idea that the artist is this poor artist. I don't know, is this a, a male conception? I don't know. The, the artist struggles, dum 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 You know, we shouldn't be struggling. We should be um, valued, you know. Mm. Uh, we should be... Well, I think, but, I mean, we had three... Artist free. dolls, you know, just that just mm. kind of some sort of reciprocity. Well we had three
1: collectors up here last night doing a a small panel discussion and they were talking about their approach to collecting and one of them said it's look there's people who make stuff and there's people who buy stuff and he said I'm not good at making stuff so I buy stuff and I buy that as a form of my contribution to ensuring that artists can make things.
0: But surely Stephanie things have changed so much so many of these artists we see now in our public galleries aren't making stuff to sell or at least it's very difficult to sell. And how do we support mm. them mm. and again we're back to that question mm. is that the art fair's role of mm. or to, you or does it need to be mm. does that well, need to be supported at least somewhere we else we do so try it. through
1: the program yes. through the project no, program we, we do mm. pay we're now commissioning work mm. so that which we don't buy the mm. artist still has it so if they if they can sell it great and mm. some of them down there are selling it without you know straight to two people mm. um you know but we make it possible for them to make this work mm.
0: Francis you've done something really interesting this year with the curation of that project space I wonder if you wanted to talk about that where you've actually in a sense given over the cur- curation to to artists
3: yeah I mean I was in a slightly funny position because in 2016 I was a sort of curatorial curatorial assistant to um, Jared Rawlins from Mona and Hobart and Simon Rees then at the Governor Brewster and um, I remember sort of flagging quite early on, hey, I'd really like to pull in some younger artists, emerging artists, who, who need not necessarily to be younger, um, to be involved with the projects. And that's something we built on in 2018 when Gabriela Salgado and I put out an open call instead of just kind of mostly going around the galleries who were already associated with the fair in a, in, a, in a deliberate attempt to go beyond whoever happened already to be in the, in the fair uh, and we pulled in last year 19, uh, excuse me, 18 projects, 18 for 2018. Uh, and then I thought, well, you know, this is now kind of my third stint and I'm in the driver's seat, quote-unquote. How do I do something that's not just a parade of things I like um, and artists who I maybe know and have, whose work I've enjoyed over the past year? So I, what I decided to do is go to nine artists and Gabriella Sagalo, the curator from last year, co-curator from last year, and get them to nominate a series of artists who would either work in their stead or uh, collaborate with those alumni quote unquote and um, I think we've ended up with a really interesting selection of mm, projects I that agree. I've not been able to control the, the prince the principle that I've sort of referred to as, a, as, as as the selection principle and has sort of also become the the of the projects is phenonga Tunga the notion of kind of kinship networks that you know in um, may be symbolic as, as, as much as blood ties. And it's just because, you know, I feel like that's the, the, obviously how the New Zealand art world, the Aotearoa art world operates, is on certain types of kinship. Now, that also means that we backstab and talk behind our hands and all of that kind of stuff, but actually, fundamentally, our art world is underpinned by collaboration and collegial activity and everybody knows everybody, and I wanted that in some way to be embodied in the projects, and I think what we've got is really exciting. We've had some incredible collaborations come out of it. Anna Valentine and James Wiley, you're not allowed to have favourites, but I really (laughs) appreciate their their contribution. Mm. And then other artists who've handed over, so Rokura Tude... Who had some fabulous, just had some incredible successes after being involved in the projects, not necessarily due to the projects. Well, I she's, mean, she's an artist mm. of merit. Um, but um, yeah, she's not. Yeah, but nominated. Tina Barton
1: wouldn't have seen her work if she hadn't been in the last year's projects and therefore wouldn't have commissioned that massive wall painting, which was unbelievably beautiful mm, at Adam yes. Art Gallery. Oh, that's
3: quite possible. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, and I know Tina did acknowledge that that was a. Yeah, a, no, a, Tina you know, said to me, point. I'd
1: never seen her work before. Yeah. But, now, but,
0: yeah, anyway. Let's finish off by talking favourites. Why not? Let's spread some love. Let's spread some love to some artists and talk about some artwork that maybe surprised us. That we, you know, um, that we've, we've probably all had a, a decent look around to some degree. Um, mm. Maybe you could you know, let us know one thing that struck you that may have even surprised you.
2: For me, it's um, Chris Charteris's amazing needles mm. made out of bones, yes, no, yes. whale bones, yes. mm. they were extraordinary, they mm. just sent shivers down my spine, I mean you know that whole history we have with just the, that material, the whale bone yes. being the treasure and these beautiful, elegant, like they were barely worked, he'd barely mm. worked them and then just by putting that little eye on the top just said everything and it, for me it just imbued everything about making, stitching up sacks or... Yes. You know um, everything about that kind of stitching, and imagine using these giant whales yes. needles to
3: stitch. <laughs> yes, they it's were so
2: really beautiful.
3: Wonderful imaginative extension, isn't it? Of almost yes. imagining this this mythical. entity that you could yeah. make with this. They
2: were mythical. Mm. I really enjoyed
1: those. Yeah, they stood out. Great,
3: Stephanie.
1: I'm not going to pick a single work.
3: Oh, go on. <laughs> Just one know.
1: Know. No, 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 and it wouldn't be a painting. <laughs> too
3: thing,
0: <dangerous>. not. <laughs> <laughs> What would it be if it was something? I don't know. It's thing. like, I don't think... You're you, too close.
1: It, yeah, <clears throat> I'm too close, but also, you know, I can't... It's really hard to say, I like that one better than that mm. one better than that one. Yes. You know, there is so much here. Um, you know, and, and you were talking about, oh, you know, how you can... These are not surprising artists. You could have seen them. Actually, no, you wouldn't have seen those Chris Chatteras, whalebone well, needles. no. 10 years ago, you wouldn't have seen that You Lee light with the tubular things. Mm. I mean, I've seen a mm. big installations, but I've never seen a small one. No, there's mm. a, you wouldn't have seen Kaiwa mm. um climbing grips with their beautiful um, environmental photographs imprinted on them. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff down there and you can't say, well, that's better than that, that's better than that. Mm. They're all amazing, but they're all very different. It's apples and pears.
0: I think you were going to mention Kai's work. I was going to was mention very Kai as
3: well. Yes, Kai Wasikowski um, the, the name uh, whose name I'm sure we are oh. mispronouncing with those um, hydrographic pigment printed um, climbing wall kind of entities. Uh, fantastic works. But I'll having having had that mentioned um, by Stephanie. Uh She's I managed I, to pick up I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no no I didn't. Okay, I, you know, we won't call so it a favorite.
0: <laughs> I, I will, I will mention um,
3: I'll, I'll mention Excuse me, Bob Ellis, uh, with a little trio of um, the sort of abstracted motorway uh, forms. But that um, that delight not only to see a little range of them. I think there's one from the 70s and two from about 68. Um, but also because he popped up in my in my head the other day, as I was reading about um, Robert Melville and his visit to New Zealand in the 60s and his picking out Gordon Walters and this. His, his sort of acknowledgement of Walter's is very famous, but he also mentioned Paramachit and Bob Ellis. No,
2: woman artist. That's a shame. <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: shock horror, shock horror. Um, but it, And so seeing those works of Bob's was really lovely. I had a little moment of time warp. Um, oh, where, right. I, where I, yeah, it resonated with that, with that recent thing. Well, yes, I will, so I will
0: balance really that out by saying turning. that it's an outstanding suite of seraphim pickworks down there, this and I think there is something all painted newly for the fair that someone has been painting that long, for twenty-five years, yes. and is still making that so vital. Mm. Mm. Uh, and also, just credit to your projects, um, Francis Nico Hindon's. Um, Work with Marty tapa, which mm. I've never encountered. Big surprise mm. to me. Talking to her last night and saying that work, yeah. um, the sort of rediscovery or re-bringing to life this yes, Māori form of, of tapa is quite remarkable. Mm.
3: The way that that story wraps around on itself is one that I really enjoy as well. Nico's done work with um, Double Hull Navigation, Celestial Navigation, and the way that she uses those tapa or OT works to create charts for star systems and thus is sort of folding in these two aspects of her history of the navigation by the stars in the double hull from Hawaii. I
2: taught her at Elam. She uh, was extraordinary. Yeah. She is extraordinary, yeah. yeah. She, yeah. Exceptional, exceptional work. Oh, there Charitable. we go.
3: No, Not no, at all.
1: Mm. Yeah. I guess if you want, my one favourite thing about this is there are so many of the galleries that are showing work that's brand new, made for the fair. And that's, I think, also very cool.
0: Well, thank you for all your work, Stephanie and Francis and Judy. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, made with the help of Crab New Zealand. Um, And um, yeah, have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. Enjoy the fair.